Zeus, do you have, uh, I want you to think about um, like a intro music that you want for this one since you're the, the guest. Guest of gotcha. honor, that's right. Gotcha. I'll, I'll subject the poor audience to something of my machination. Okay, yeah. Mouth noises. Bump, this is the Our clap, Florida Gator bump, Podcast clap, bump, with your hosts, clap, Hammer, Toaf, and Zlad. Clap, now we know we have a bunch of average stiffs. Clap, clap, Well, this is Hammer, and with me is Zlad Tom Bradyego. Um, and then uh, most recent uh, Z-Job recipient, uh, Zeus Apollo, uh, is also on as a guest for today's podcast. I'm the new Toff. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, uh, we've, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, these are hard times right now. Uh, small businesses are struggling. They actually ran out of money to, to fund the small business loans. So we had to make some hard cuts. And um, mm-hmm. obviously the easy first cut is to get rid of our lowest salaried and um, least useful participant and so out with Tobri and in with in with the free labor with Zeus and let's get rolling I'm doing this for college credits hell yeah we're not we're not actually we're not actually going to sign that paper though Zeus Ah, it's okay the experience is all I need that's right we can offer lots of experience (laughs) we can get your name out there Ooh, exposure yeah you're gonna get exposure you're gonna get exposure bucks from this can't wait to expose myself <laughs> Wonderful intro. I like it. Oh. See, we have we have some uh, football discussion. All right, I would so hope. I think I think we can just roll right into this. What do you say? Let's yeah. do it. So I saw a okay. I don't I don't actually know how to pronounce his name. Barrett Sally. Barrett Sally. One of those. I think it's Sally. I think it's Sally. Uh, we'll it's, go with that. It, that sounds pretentious enough to be his name. Well, I'm, I'm calling Barrett. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go with it. And he posted a list of coaches feeling the pressure in 2020. And um, I figured let's get a little more extreme there. So let's talk hot seats and let's talk hot seats for 2020 and 2021. Right. Uh, maybe some guys who are obvious and then some that we think might hop on the bandwagon. So anybody want to kick this off? Yeah. So we got a list here uh, that we made. And I think we should just probably t- start with the hottest in my opinion, of all of the hot seats, and that is Clay Helton over at USC. Mm, good um, choice. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like his seat is, is Armageddon levels of hot. Um, as in, I'm pretty sure he was going to get fired this year, but they couldn't find a coach they liked, so they decided to roll with him again another season. Because um, I guess they vetoed hiring Urban Meyer because their new athletic director wants to like... Did they veto him or did he veto them? I I I'm pretty. He was. I think he wanted to go there. I think that was the next stop. Was going to the West Coast and dominating at a at arguably one of the top three most prestigious programs in the country in terms of USC. And um, they just vetoed him. Like they said, they didn't want him around. They didn't want because like because I mean I love Urban and you know full disclosure I I worked for him so like I I say a lot of nice things about him, but mm. <laughs> and. Uh, but he has the, <laughs> a few things have followed him when he's gone. You know, he had issues at Ohio State, he had issues at Florida when it came to off the field concerns with with athletes. 
And I think USC just wants to avoid that completely. Um, their new I mean, athletic director. A, a few things have followed Urban Meyer is like saying a few things have happened over the past month. <laughs> just want to say that. I think, I think you're yeah. downplaying it a little bit, but I, I do understand the. Yeah. I'm da- you don't understand why I'm downplaying it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I honestly think the only way, the only way Clay Helton keeps his job is if he wins the Pac-12. That's the only way. Like if he even makes, yeah, no, he's not going to. That's the only way he's going to <laughs> keep his job. And because uh, if you look at their recruiting classes, they're not like athletes know he's a dead man walking because they're not even going to to go play there. What's crazy is that he's actually picking up some recruits right now. He has a little bit of steam there, but I think those guys are all, it's a really easy commitment for them because they can easily bail out when he starts sucking. And there's really no, I mean, commitment is kind of worthless anyways. These days you can easily just change your mind. So, you know, they have no issue committing to USC, having a little bit of fun with the LA crew and then they'll move on their way. And and it's a win-win for them. Like either, Clay Hilton actually does a good job and wins the Pac-12 and somehow becomes a good coach. And they're like, okay, cool. We like this guy. We'll play for him. Or they fire Clay Hilton and then the new coach comes in who's probably going to be an elite top-tier caliber coach. Like, I don't foresee USC not doing that at this point. Um, and then you most likely will be allowed to stay in the class anyways because that coach is going to have to put together a quick transition class. So either way, it's a win-win for these guys. And worst-case scenario, they go to another school that's also really good. So I agree. Yeah, there's no reason for him to not commit to USC right now and see what happens. Your thoughts on that, Zeus? Yeah, uh, with regards to recruitment, with with regards to recruitment specifically, basically exactly what you said. That you couldn't have said it better. With regards to Clay Helton's, you know, hot seat as a whole, uh, I don't think the story here is whether or not he is or isn't going to get fired. I, I think he's been on the hot seat longer than anybody, longer than anybody else that's going to be on our list, and the intensity of that hot seat is far greater. This interesting story, I think, is like whatever's going on behind that behind the scenes, the whole AD wanting Urban, Urban not wanting to go, or vice versa. We don't, well, I guess Hammer suggests he knows. But you know, whatever's going on behind the scenes there, I think is really what's worth talking about. That's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. So they had Lynn Swan, and that, I mean, he shouldn't have been there too, but <laughs> who's the AD there now? I can't even, I can't even remember. I can't keep up with all that. They have some other person there, right? Didn't they get rid of Swan? Yeah. Uh, it's called it's Mike Bond. Uh, I'm gonna call him Mike Bone. Yeah, uh, he was the Cincinnati. Um, I think it seemed like a real name. Yeah, I have no idea who that is, but yeah, that's that's fair enough. But yeah, he was the University of Cincinnati um, athletic director, um, and that's why everyone thought that um, what's his face, uh, Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati head coach, was rumored to possibly go over, but uh, um, apparently, like he, even though he likes Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle is more of a, a Cincinnati type coach rather than USC coach, and but Mike Mike Bond, um, he from what I know, well, I'm not, not that I know, but from what I've heard is that he vetoed um, Urban Meyer, and he also vetoed um, who was it? Uh, it's like another coach that that I can I can't even remember his name was. Uh, he's like, he's an NFL guy that is looking for a new job. Um, Jeff Fisher was interested in being USC's coach, and he vetoed that as well. Jeff Fisher makes sense, but er, vetoing Urban's stupid. But hey, what do I know? I mean, like, I don't go know. back to taxes. Yeah, that's right. Stick <laughs> to what you're good at, dumbass. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got. Uh, so I think we're pretty set on Clay Helton there. Um, next one, I think is it's tricky. I think it could be a lot of conversations for both sides here. We got Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. 
Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys think he's on a hot seat? Should he be on a hot seat if he is? Like, uh, what, what are you thinking there? I don't think Jim Harbaugh is on any kind of hot seat right now. Um, if you look at what he's done, it's a little bit of an underachievement for what Michigan is used to. Um, in the last five years that he's been there, it's 10 and three, 10 and three, an eight and five dip up to a 10 and three again, and a nine and four. So I think we definitely see him banging his head on the ceiling. I think the, I think the crux of this though, is that I think the Michigan, the Michigan athletic department is okay with that. Uh, you know, if, if they weren't okay with that, I think we would have seen more heat after that eight and three, eight and five season. Um, but Michigan, I don't know, maybe this is just a, an identity crisis for them that they're sticking and and they'd rather just stick with the whole nice high ceiling. That's not going to go too far, but is going to stay out of trouble. This almost seems like the worst case scenario for Michigan. Like they, they, they want to win, right? Like they do have aspirations of, winning a national championship again. And I feel like they just can't fire Harbaugh. Like, how are they going to play that off to the boosters? I mean, he got the Michigan man and he still has like decent stat. I mean, he's like Mark Richt, but actually doing better because it's an easier conference. Um, so it's kind of a shitty situation for them, which is hilarious to me because they kind of annoy me. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I think, not a Michigan fan. I, I agree. I think his seat is warm it's not necessarily hot like if he has a really really bad season they could probably justify you know like maybe like potentially looking to get rid of him um i don't think it's in their best interest to his the biggest downfall though is that he's one in five in bowl games yeah um his his biggest downfall is he can't beat ohio state what is he like zero and ten it's not just ohio state though it's ryan day now i think michigan fans and boosters could let it slide that you can't beat Urban Meyer because let's face it, not many coaches can beat Urban Meyer. Like he, he's won everywhere he's gone, right? He's, he's considered probably one of the top three coaches in the league when he's an active coach. Um, the fact that Ryan Day showed up and dominated his first full season as a head coach and might possibly have the best team in the country next year with a Heisman winning quarterback that's going to look bad on Jim Harbaugh because it's like, well, this guy isn't supposed to be Urban Meyer and you still can't beat him. So it's, that's, I think that's going to be a big, uh, big thing too, is um, he needs to, he needs to be able, he needs to be, he needs to beat Ohio state for sure. Like I don't care if it's like by a point and he, you know, pulls all the marbles out and he, he can go one and 11. And as long as he like trashes Ohio state, I'm sure he'd be okay. But I think that's going to be his biggest thing, though, is that Ryan Day is going to make his legacy at Michigan look even worse if he can't beat them. What has to happen next season to get Jim Harbaugh fired? I don't know. I don't don't think that unless he had a losing season and then Ohio State beat him like 70-0 and then Ohio State won the national championship. That's the only way I could see Michigan fans getting so up in arms they want him fired. But I really think he'd have to go a whole other season before they did that. That sounds like a cold ass seat. That that seems extreme. Yeah, I think I think it would be less than that. I mean, four four losses, you're gonna have people calling for it. I think five losses would be really close. Obviously, losing to Ohio State would be included in that. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking four losses and get blown out by Ohio State and just don't do anything with it, I, I could see it. Or maybe they'll do the whole, hey, we're not gonna fire you, but why don't you go take another job in the NFL or yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, like if he has a bad season, away from each other. 
and then they lose to Ohio State, and then Ohio State wins the national championship, ugh, that's going to be bad. Um, you know, that's that's definitely not going to be a, uh, something. I, I I don't disagree. I think it could be one of those things where I know he was interested in potentially interviewing for the Indianapolis Colts job um, a couple years ago when it opened up. And uh, but he ultimately decided he wanted to stay at Michigan because his family's there and all that stuff. But I I think he's a better NFL coach than a college coach, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he went forty four. Yeah. He went he went forty four and nineteen at San Francisco and went to two went to three NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl in his four seasons there. I mean, the guy was an amazing coach. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it might be better for him to go to the NFL, but. I think he loves being in Michigan. That's that was his dream job. Yeah, that's what he was always wanted to be. And uh, let's right, that's, that's enough Michigan talk. I hate yeah. Michigan. Let's let's move on to somebody else. Somebody <laughs> right. interesting. Someone interesting. Yeah. I, okay. How about <laughs> let's talk about Chip Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Now. Let's go. Let's go. Chip Kelly. Let's do this, man. I generally did don't we, know. Did we dodge a huge bullet? I think. Oh, so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no questions. I mean, okay, I, so. Can he survive at UCLA? That's uh, that's the other question because UCLA has way lower expectations than we do. Obviously, yeah. what he's doing there wouldn't cut it here. He'd be gone. Yeah, UCLA. <sighs> do they care about football out in California? I'm not actually sure. They care. About, they care about football at USC, but that's pretty much like the only school besides maybe Stanford now because Stanford they has really care about football at USC. I mean, Clay Helton's still coach. He's yeah. is he coach right now? <laughs> he is. Yes. They, they can't care that much. I mean, he's gone longer than Muschamp went. Um, so he's seven and seventeen in his two seasons at UCLA. Um, How's he doing in recruiting, though? He's he's got to be landing a bunch of dudes. Oh yeah, oh, no, he's he's uh he's landing a guy. Yeah, hold on, hold on, I'm gonna pull it up right now. The 2020 uh, class, which just finished back in February, where everybody signed UCLA, finished. Oh, that's actually pretty decent compared to what I thought. 32nd in the country. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, better than for, USC. You know, yeah. Well, I remember they were like 70th in like December and everyone was losing their minds. Um, so that's actually, that's actually better than I expected Four different to be. Sports <laughs> stars, so that's not too bad. That's um, exactly in line with what we thought Chip Kelly recruiting was going to look like. Oh, yeah. This is not a surprise. If, if you, UCLA is surprised at all, then they're, they obviously were not paying attention. So, yeah, he had been run out of town with this class for us. Yeah, I think... In hindsight, I'm um, I'm really fortunate that we that Chip Kelly didn't go to Florida. We went with Dan Mullen. Obviously, you know, hind, you know, hindsight's 2020. Obviously, but I remember I remember when he was there. I was like, I really want this guy because he was so great at Oregon. But Oregon at that point was already kind of its own machine. Like it was already built up mm-hmm. by Mike Bellotti. Um, he had all star assistant coaches. You have you know you have Scott Frost. You have um, you know, Mark Herzlick were guys on the on the squad there. So I mean, he really didn't have to do a whole lot to succeed at Oregon. I think it's kind of showing now is that you know it's. I don't really think he's that good of a coach to be honest, because mm. you know he had an all star supporting cast in terms of coaches at Oregon, and then when he left, they didn't really fall off. I mean, Mark Herzlick got eventually fired because Oregon has aspirations of a national championship. But if I recall correctly, he only had a couple seasons where he won less than 10 games. Mm. Um, so it's not like Chip Kelly left and then they had a complete downfall. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know, though, because I, I genuinely don't hear anything negative from USC's camp about him at all. 
UCLA. Yeah. Well, in terms of Chip, uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what UCLA's expectations are with this one. He's doing historically about as bad as any two-year coach has done at UCLA. Um, and it's not like he had the biggest... Uh, the Jim Mora, who just came in before him, um, he had a two losing years, uh, two losing season run up uh, going into his tenure. So did you see? So did um, Chip Kelly, and he's doing worse than the previous than the previous regime in both years. So, I, like the fact that he hasn't already been fired suggests to me that UCLA is either waiting on something or doesn't care. Like we were saying earlier, I don't know what it is. I feel like it's going to be a great story once he does get fired, but until then, I, I don't know when that time is. I will enjoy that story <laughs> thoroughly. I really will. But yeah, this is, um, it's just very unique, and it's the kind of thing where hindsight, it just seems so obvious, but man, we really got excited about Chip Kelly before. Um, I remember really talking excited. about putting together a GoFundMe to get a banner to fly over uh, the stadium for the senior, for the, for the spring game. Or some some game I don't remember what it was. We were talking about chipping in to to fly a banner saying "Hire Chip Kelly." So, like, how much were we just living in the past with all that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. That's, that's yeah. So, like, be it. here's it. So, so Mike Bellotti went 116 and 55 before he retired. Chip Kelly took over, went 46 and seven, which is really good. He went to the national championship game. He lost. He went to um, every year. He went to a um, BCS big bowl like the rose bowl fiesta yeah. bowl um and then mark helfrick not mark herslick mark herslick was a linebacker for the giants i, I hate myself for saying mark herslick it's mark helfrick um mark helfrick went 11 and 2 then 13 and 2 lost in the college football playoff national championship game against um cam newton and uh his amazing offensive coordinator uh, at the time you know, you know who that is that writes that you know gus Malzahn. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then, but then he went nine and four and then he got fired in halfway through 2016 after only winning four games. Um, so yeah, he kind of had a little bit of a drop off. Then they hired Willie Taggart. Right. And we all know how that goes. Willie Taggart left. But yeah, Chip yeah. Kelly, like he inherited a, a team that was already winning. Like that was already built for. Like Nike was already like investing a ton of money with them. Um, it was already built for the the speed. Like he was an offensive coordinator there, and then they had Scott Frost and a bunch of other guys that were on the squad. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to keep talking about him, but I think that Chip Kelly is just kind of, eh. he's just there, and I don't think UCLA really cares. Taking a lot of money, and yeah, they they don't yeah. care. But you know, it's it's UCLA. It's just he's um, it's it's kind of fun for me to watch. So I've been enjoying not being on the receiving end of the Chip Kelly show. <laughs> works, that works for me. Well, um, let's, let's talk about the other top candidate at the time, then, and we'll go to a couple other coaches. How about Scott Frost? Do you guys think Scott Frost is on a hot seat right now? I don't. I don't think so. I, don't think. I think a seat is warming up at most. Yeah, I think if any Nebraska fans thought it'd be an immediate turnaround, they're completely delusional. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Nebraska they, fans are, are delusional, yeah. so. This is very true. I, I do think that um, if we're talking guys who could be on the hot seat 2021, he absolutely could. Like if he has another just crappy year, he's he's got to get it together at some point, but he's fine right now. I think he needs to win at least eight games this season to not be on the hot seat um, because he had a really bad first season, which I think a lot of, te- a lot of people expected. And I don't think anyone held it against him. 
he was supposed to have an improvement last year, but only won one extra game, and that kind of concerns some people. Um, so I think he really needs to step his game up, and he needs to at least go bowling, I think, this year um, to not be on a hot seat going into 2021. I agree. Yeah, um, I, th- I, think he's, I think he's now on neutral ground because – at the at the moment, I think most Nebraska fans, the shine has worn off. There's still, you know, an understanding of turning the team around. But I think what the shine to all the Nebraska fans, at least talking to the single one that I know, was that like they were expecting to go, not expecting to go, they were hoping to go undefeated their second year the same way that he did at UCF. Because at UCF, it was a very similar situation where he joined a really crappy team. His first season was meh. And then the second team was when UCF did the thing that we can't stop. Well, they can't stop talking about. Uh, So I think Nebraska was hoping for a similar reaction. And now that they didn't have it, now it's just kind of, well, let's see what reasonably happens. Right. Anybody who's expecting that just, I guess they didn't realize, but I mean, UCF plays in the conference. They, I, can, I don't even know the name of the conference. That's how good it is. Conference USA? <laughs> is it? Uh, is, it something, is that something a, like the AAC or yeah. the Conference ah, USA? That's it, that's it, yeah. The it, it, it's, a, it's a conference yeah. that does not matter. And while while the Big Ten is not on the SEC level, obviously, uh, it is a real conference with real teams. So. Well, the Big Ten West. Yeah, it's just the overall conference. They still no, it's, play, it's the, it's the legends. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, Just boomer. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't know. I think he'll be on it next year if he doesn't go bowling, I think. But uh, I agree on yeah. that one. Um, let's talk about someone that I think is actually on a hot seat. I don't think they should be, but I think they are. And that's Tom Herman at Texas. I don't think they should be. I don't think he should be. But I think he is. I mean, <laughs> the dude. Yeah, he went eight and five, which is a really disappointing season. I love Charlie Strong, but I mean, Charlie Strong was absolutely terrible at Texas. And mm-hmm. he needed to completely rebuild that team, completely rebuild the culture. And I think Texas expected him to come in and win like 13 games and go to a national championship in year two. And, and, and Texas fans are almost as delusional as Nebraska fans right now. Like that's a rebuild, a little bit of a rebuild, not a like long-term rebuild like Nebraska is. Like there's no way Nebraska is going to be competing for Big Ten titles probably for the next couple of years. I think they could, though, if Scott Frost does his job correctly, right? But Texas is something that, yeah, I think he needs to beat Oklahoma and win the Big 12 to take that hot seat off. Um, but I think that, I don't think he should be on it, though. I, I, I just really think it's unrealistic expectations right now at this point for Texas fans. I'm going to, I'm going to channel my inner Lee Corso and say, not so fast, my friend. Okay. <laughs> and welcome to yeah. to the to the yeah. podcast. Tofri's here. Yes. Um, obviously, the the salary still isn't happening from earlier. Uh, he'll listen back and hear about that. But yeah, so Tom Herman, he obviously the first year you get a pass. Second year looked like he was building towards something. Four losses. This past year, he needed to make something happen. It's it's the whole three year test. I really do buy into that. I always have, and he lost five games and played in the Alamo bowl and he won the Alamo bowl. And by year three, he needed to be doing better. I mean, I get there's a rebuild, but this is Texas and the big 12 is trash. Yeah. Trash. It's like one good team in the big 12. And, so Oklahoma. Yeah. and it's not Texas. And Tom Herman's had three years to build it. He's had really good recruiting classes the entire time and he hasn't done shit. So maybe he's not in the hot seat. I think, well, I think he is. 
on the at least lukewarm seat. But yeah. I think it's actually deserved. I don't. I, I, I think he's a lost cause, and I, I think that he will eventually get fired. Interesting. Yeah, I think if he's on the season like he did this year, then he'll be definitely be on the hot seat going into twenty twenty one. Yep. I yeah, exactly that. Um. All right. So let's talk about. I have a couple people here that I have thoughts on, but I'm gonna hear you guys. Let's talk about Will Muschamp. Do you guys think Will Muschamp is on the hot seat, and should he be on the hot seat if he is? Yes, and yes. okay Toph you can go now uh yeah I mean he uh I think he might be on the hottest seat in the country um I think he probably would have been fired this past year if they hadn't beaten Georgia um I mean this is he's had what four full years already this will be year five if I recall correctly yeah I mean like it's at some point you've got to have some results and there's there is still there's a lot of people in that fan base who still want to point the finger at Steve Spurrier. I've seen these discussions this current offseason that we're in um, about how some of this is still Spurrier's fault because he left the team in the middle of the season and he wasn't recruiting and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Jesus Christ, like it's been a full four year cycle. This is a Will Muschamp team. And I mean, so far, it's looked like a Will Muschamp team. Is there a more delusional SEC East fan base than South Carolina? Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, that's got Tennessee on that one. But they're close second. It's yeah, close second. It's up there. <laughs> yeah. Besides I mean, the obvious Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think like I think USC yeah, I think he's on the hot seat and I think he deserves to be because let's be honest, like even when you're coaching a team like USC, you should still be at least going bowling at the bare minimum every season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um and but Steve Spurrier is one of the goats, and he was amazing before that. And I think that kind of set he won. I think he won eleven games. Like was it four or five years in a row at USC, and then had a bad season, and then had a really bad season, and retired halfway through the season. And USC is a school that's one of the very few schools around the country that have completely unrealistic unrealistic expectations for what their school is supposed to be, and it kind of annoys me a little bit. It's like you have the coach that's for your program. That's in my opinion. It's like, like you shouldn't really expect to win national championships on a consistent basis, but they do. And that blows my mind because they're ne- they've never been that program. That's I, my, that's my thought earlier, I guess when I was at, when I was posing the original question, it's, it's more of a know your place kind of thing because while Tennessee is mm-hmm. delusional and they expect to actually do something, at least they're, there seems to be some kind of basis for thinking maybe they have a one legacy. day they can get it together. Maybe one day they can. And I they can understand le- how, yeah, I can understand how you see that, but I can't with South Carolina. I don't see how they can even consider that a possibility. Yeah. I think it's because of Clemson, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. the, it's, they, they've become the little brother in their own state. Mm-hmm. And some money and maybe you'll get there. Well, I mean, they, they spend money hand over fist at South Carolina. I mean, they're paying Will Muschamp like $5 million a year or some shit like that. Um, I mean, they're spending the money. They just don't. They just don't know how. They, they're spending the money, but they're like they're white trash rich. You know, they're like a, they're the double wide trailer with like a seventy inch Samsung on the wall. Like some, and some like, people think that Jimbo Fisher's bad, and they're like, why did Texas A&M go and drop just a hundred million dollars in this asshole? But look at South Carolina spending on right. Talk about a waste of money. What were you I thinking? Was, this um. I'm just going to say this out here. Like I love everyone on this pod, 
but no one can properly articulate how I feel about things without me saying it, like Tofri does. Like, the, the, <laughs> like, the, 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 <laughs> so somehow he just speaks for me. You know, it's like it's like what I'm thinking, and I don't know how to articulate it. So I just try to be as PC as possible. And Tofri's like, "No, they're paying this bitch five million dollars a year. Fuck that!" Like, <laughs> it's, it, I, I channel my own inner white trash, and you know, we a true word. We, we all have. We all have a silent person in our, our mind. I'm just the the not silent <laughs> part of that your of your personality. He says the quiet part out loud. Yeah. So we appreciate that. So we all agree Thank that Mushchamp isn't that good, and he probably should be on the hot seat. But also, USC needs to know their place. Is it the same thing with Derek Mason at Vanderbilt? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Vanderbilt just extend Derek Mason this past season? He or, is, but yeah. know, this, he was one of the guys in this article that we're talking about. That's why we're going down the articles list. And, right. Um, and Barrett Saley, or whatever his name is, um, put him on the hot seat. Um, so he's 27 and 47 um, in what looks like, what, six or seven years at uh, Vanderbilt. Has never mm-hmm. won more than six games in a season. But it's like kind of, it's not, it's not near the same in terms of impact. So. Like, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying in any capacity that James Franklin is a GOAT coach. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's anywhere near the level of Spurrier. But it's kind of the same thing. Like, he set high expectations of Vanderbilt because he's an amazing coach. He left for Penn State. And Vanderbilt just has these expectations that that should be the standard rather than the anomaly. Does that make sense? I'm kind of like you're saying he's the GOAT. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, because like, Steve Spurrier did the same thing. Steve Spurrier dominated at USC mm-hmm. for, like, a five- or six-year stretch, and USC fans are like, oh, shit, this is what our school's supposed to be, rather than, yeah. oh, wow, we should probably appreciate these years because this isn't what we're going to have. Right. Um, and I kind of feel it's the same way about Vanderbilt. I'm like, you guys are in a school that has the strictest regulations on players going there. You really can't recruit guys anyway because you don't put a whole lot of money into your football program. And you have a coach who obviously cares about these guys, like Derek Mason wanted to. Did you, did you like try to fight Jim Mullen? Was it was it was it um, Dan Mullen? You try to fight Dan Mullen? Right. It was Grant, Grantham yeah. and Grantham. Yeah, like he was gonna yeah. like fight. Yeah. About to be like I, WWE I, I say Smackdown that, it, it, on the field. Hammer, I, I get what you're saying, but that was like the most condescending thing ever. How you <laughs> you talked about how you talked about Vandy, and it's it's true too, like in a way. But man, like if I were a Vandy fan or a South Carolina fan, I'd be really pissed off here. Like I'm just trying They're, to put myself in their shoes. I think Vandy is Vandy's in a weird spot because like, well, they didn't fire him. I think their their new athletic director who was on the job for like a year just stepped down a couple months ago. And um, you know, it's like he had essentially been promised uh that they were gonna start spending money on their athletic program and they were gonna start taking this seriously. And so he started spending money. And the you know, the higher ups at the university didn't like that. And so he he walked away. And so now they're moving on to another athletic director. And it's like, you know, in, until someone higher up in the university there decides that they want to put money into the football program. I mean, I don't know. Why, why not keep Derek Mason? I mean, he's at least getting them to bowl games 50% of the time or so. Um, I mean, they're not really like spending money or putting an effort at an institutional level. So he's... Kind of like like you said, Hammer with Muschamp, he's kind of the coach that they de- that they deserve because he's you know he's safe. 
He's going to take care of the kids. He's going to develop quality young men. And he's going to put a very, very average to mediocre product on the field. Yeah, I didn't mean to sound condescending. So I apologize about no, that. No, I, I know you didn't. I, it's like, like, the, like, whole, the whole like, concept no, of like, this is condescending. That's just me, what it is. Let me, let me, let me rephrase. Like, in no capacity should any fans expect losing seasons. Like, like if your coach right. wins multiple losing seasons in a row, he's not a good coach. You should fire that coach. Like, that's just my opinion. Um, like, if, if Dan Mullen wins a national championship next year and then goes five years in a row with losing seasons, he should get fired. Like, is that, that's not acceptable. Um, but there's also limits to expectations. And, yeah, I can understand South Carolina being upset about Clemson, but for whatever reason, Dabo Sweeney is came out of nowhere, and he's amazing. He's an amazing coach. Like he just does a really great job there. And no one would have predicted that. Like if Urban Meyer went to Clemson, we'd go, okay, yeah, Urban Meyer is going to dominate at Clemson. You know, like because we just we have we had we already knew what was happening. There was already precedent with that guy as a coach. But we had no idea with Dabo Sweeney. So I, I almost think that's an exception to the rule because that was kind of unexpected for Dabo to be as good as he is. Um. But I can understand them being a little bit more upset than maybe like Vander will, would be because it's not like Tennessee's really doing any better. So it's not like you're really competing to be the top school in your state right now in terms of, of wins. But there's also like, like Vanderbilt is not the school and South Carolina are not the schools right now when it comes to money, athletic facilities, fan base support, just everything to expect consistent SEC con- like championship contenders. And that's what I'm trying to say is that you're going to fire, potentially fire Will Muschamp. Who are you going to replace him with? Because as far as I'm looking at right now, he's won 26 games, which isn't that great in four years. But who's going to do better? You're not really going to find it. Like, you might find a coach that maybe might win 29, 30 games in four years. Like, is that really that much of a difference to spend all that money and to completely change your program again? That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. what's what's frustrating with Vanderbilt is that you know they have they have the money they're getting the same chunk of the the payout that all the other SEC teams are and you know like with Nashville you have something that is different from what any other SEC team has you could market that very aggressively to kids it's such a cool city yeah Um, I mean you could and, and that part of of town specifically where Vanderbilt is is like right up the street from like the fun party areas of Nashville. And you could market that to kids, but it's, you know, institutionally, they're just not interested. So I, so, so I mean, yeah, I mean, Mason is fine for what they want to do. And until they get serious, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know if he is on the hot seat or not. They're more interested in being a baseball school. That's yep. just yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they want and to that, spend their and, athletic money, and they do a great job with that, you know. And with the money they put in there, and their the fact that they've consistently competed for college world series titles, I I feel like that, and they've also won a couple, I believe, right? Vanderbilt's won before. Um. So yeah, that's the difference. Like expectations, like we've won, we got a legacy that we need to maintain. That's why, like, yeah, when we talk about delusional fan bases like Tennessee, at least Tennessee has multiple national championships. Like they have legacy to go off of recent legacy too. They won in the two thousands. Um, I don't remember. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, have they? I don't think they've won 
Well, Tennessee hasn't won an SEC championship since they won the national championship in 98, if I recall correctly. Oh, that's, what I'm thinking. that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking 1999, yeah, when they won the national championship. 1998. Fuck Tennessee. Well, hey, I mean, it's, it's, a, lot yeah. soon, it's a lot sooner than uh, Georgia. True. Yeah, that is Sorry. very true. Um, yeah. I have, I, mean, some other, I have some <laughs> other coaches here. Okay. <laughs> that aren't listed but that I was just kind of thinking about and I, I was, some of them surprised me. So I wanted to, to maybe get some of my thoughts out, but also get your thoughts on these guys. These are coaches who I think will be on the hot seat in 2021 in a flaming hot. Um, Jeff Brom. At Purdue. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be awesome. And then I went and looked at his record. He's went, he went seven and six, six and seven and four and eight. Hmm. Right. Like it, I mean, it is right, but does, does that is that what you expected? It's not what I expected. I actually have a really good friend of mine I went to college with at CU, and he got his uh, PhD at Purdue, and he's that that was he, he got undergrad at Purdue, went to CU for his master's, Purdue for his PhD, and they love Jeff Brom. Like he's like the favorite coach of all time. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think he went seventeen twenty one, and I think they're cool with that right now. Like. Yeah, which yeah, like I think they're like, all right, like we're not going to win a championship. We're not that type of school anymore. So we're cool with with this guy because he is a Purdue guy. Um, he turned down multiple job offers to stay at Purdue. It's like, I think he because like Louisville was hot, was going hard at him. Um, yeah, and, and that's uh, his alma mater. And you know, he yeah. turned down he turned them yeah. down to stay at Purdue. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got I think he's got a couple years of goodwill built up yeah. there. Yeah, like he, I think he'd have to go like four and eight for a couple more seasons before they go. Oh, maybe he's not the guy. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we are talking 2021. Purdue Purdue has really low expectations. Don't they? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, four and eight. That's not so bad. Yeah. We'll, we'll roll with it. That's cool. We beat Ohio state. Remember that time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who beat their asses? They couldn't stop us. (laughs) I don't think they will go four and eight though. I think he's a better coach than that. I think that they will, they'll find a way to win at least five or six games this year and he'll still be okay going into 2021. And then maybe if it's another bad season in 21, maybe then he would be on the hot seat. I have yep. a name who I have a name who you would say the exact opposite about who you think will go for an eight. Mike Loxley. That guy. Oh, Jesus. Lord Nate would be an improvement. He's won <laughs> six games all time as a head coach. That's six. crazy. How could they how could they six hire games. that guy? Like what were they thinking? Uh, I think they were in panic mode. Yeah, that, and, that's and, another and, statement. And, I think you're right. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> they killed the guy. And, I mean, and, is that what it takes right. to hire Moxley? And you, you know, you know that meme where it's like they got us. They had us in the in the first half. Not gonna lie, or whatever that is. Like, yeah, that was me watching Maryland in the first game of the season. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. one game over. I was, I was like, holy shit! Those like, first three games, like he was Incredible. dominating. I was like, wow, this like maybe he maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe the the Nick Saban school of coaches who can't coach good like did a good job at teaching him how to coach good. And no, I was wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, he went he went two and twenty six at New Mexico. In three who could have expected a guy who went two and twenty six would start out <laughs> three and nine at Maryland? I just I I could not see that coming. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. Shocker. He's gone six and forty. His entire career as a head coach. He's also a yoga instructor. I'm reading this right now on the Wikipedia page, which 
It's very surprising. I don't um, know if that matters at all, but I do know that that against a four and eight Purdue team this past year, they got beat forty to fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yep. So there you yeah, go. So that's that's, that's a that right there. That's a coaching disparity. I mean, that's like that's as stark as it gets because that was Purdue was in like rebuild rebuild mode even by Purdue's roster standards this past year. And Maryland is like, you know, they have like four or five star players on that's probably an exaggeration, but they've got oh, a yeah. lot of talent on that Let's roster. On that. Like how the fuck did they sign that five star Rakeem Jarrett? How do they get any of these players? Like, do these kids are they just Ron I mean, obviously they're getting they're getting paid or something like that, but yeah, but I mean at a certain point, don't you have to look out for yourself and say, Hey, I'm going to completely screw myself out of any NFL aspirations whatsoever <laughs> if I play for this group. Or do they just look at the portal and they say, you know, I'll just get my first payout at Maryland and then I'll go under the portal and get my next payout of the house State or something. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're doing. That's not if true. Ron Zook looks me in the eyes and asks me to tackle a man, I will try my damnedest. Yeah, it's just yeah. mind-blowing. So, and yeah, that's, got- that's literally, that's what Loxley is. I mean, he he was on Ron Zook's staff here, wasn't he? Wasn't yep. he like, yeah. yeah, he was a positional coach under Ron Zook. He learned from the best. I'll tell you what, I'll take both of them uh, if and when that all flames out, if they want to come over here as um, not a head coach, obviously, but, you know, as like a wide receiver coach or something, just picking a random position. Not yeah, nothing specific. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Loxley. All right. Um, I have a coach that I put on here as I think could I actually have two coaches that I think are going to surprise you guys, and just my opinion that might be on the hot seat if they have another bad season. Um, and I'm going to go with the first one. The first one's David Shaw at Stanford. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Um, it's been diminished returns for the past couple of years. It feels like, um, and I mean, like what what he did to continue what was built by Harbaugh was really like really incredible. I mean, he's won multiple Pac-12 championships. Um, but it has been a couple of pretty bad years. And this past season, they were just bad. Just like, <laughs> they they became what I remember Stanford being when I was a kid before yeah. Harbaugh was there. Yeah, he, like, he's got a great record. Like, and you were right. He went, um, he's won two, um, no, one, two, three, four. He's won four Pac-12 championships and he's been in the championship game six times. Um, and he's 86 and 34 in his career at Stanford. Wow. Um, Very successful. But he went 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 11 and 3. Then he went 8 and 5. Then went back up to 12 and 2, 10 and 3. But then he went 9 and 5, 9 and 4, and then 4 and 8 last year. And from all reports, their team's not going to be that good this year. Um, they're going to be lucky to win maybe six games. Um, and uh, that's something that was like, that's like the other end of the spectrum now. Like, he, if Steve Spurrier had stayed at USC and continued his success and then started dropping off, I could then see South Carolina saying, what the fuck? You know, like, like, cause this has been for the past, like, I don't know, 10 plus years, Stanford has been the king of the PAC 12 with the exception of a couple seasons where they're not. And so I can understand them having higher expectations now because that's, that's all they've known for almost a decade. And 
I don't know. I, I mean, I can see him being on the hot seat. I don't think he'll get fired. But I think I can see him being on the hot seat next year if they go, you know, less than six, less than six games. I mean, even if they honestly if they go less than nine games, he'll be on the hot seat. But if they get yep. another losing season, I think he'll be on a definitely a hot seat next year. Eight was the number that I had in my head for him being on the hot seat in 2021. Yeah. Well, here's the other coach I have for you guys. Um, and you guys might completely disagree with me, but um, Gary Patterson at TCU. No. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if he'd ever get fired. I mean, how, how yeah. bad does he do? I, I, I don't know his record or okay. anything. He just right. seems like a lifer for me. So he's 172 and 70 at TCU. Yeah, he's at, um, at TCU. That seems, that's enough for me. He's been, at, he's been the head coach at TCU for 19 years. Um, yeah, I was like making sure I did the math there, right? Um, but in the past five seasons, he's only won more than seven games once. Yeah, um, I could see them doing like a, a Bobby Bowden thing. Okay, Which, and he's he's not that old yet. I mean, he's what probably early sixties, mid sixties. He's exactly sixty. Okay, so he's not ancient yet, but like I could see them giving this another couple of years and then saying, you know, kind of pushing him out the door. I don't think he'll ever be fired. I right. mean, you know, it's he he built. They were like they were like SMU level. He got them into the conference uh, when when he was hired. I mean. He was, he was, they were, they were a G5 team and like not a particularly good G5 team when he was hired. And I mean, they, a couple of years ago were a blown lead against Baylor away from being in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it like there's, if there's not a statue on campus of the man yet, there will be. And I, I think they're really going to be reluctant to pull the plug there. Yeah. I don't know if he'll get fired, but it's just something that I, I noticed is that they haven't been doing that well. I mean, they won 11 games in 2017. Yeah. But then the year before that, they went six and seven. The year after that, they went seven and six and five and seven. Um, they're not recruiting as good as they were recruiting to maintain it. It's not that they're recruiting great to begin with because they're a Texas Christian. They're a smaller school. Like They're not going to recruit against the powerhouses like they would. But even then, their, their draft classes have dropped off a little bit. And I don't know. Like in... I just I I think what you're saying is that like they might look into a almost like a secession plan like cool like like let's figure yeah. out like if this doesn't go well for the next couple of years then let's see if we can find someone to take your spot um you can you know kind of kind of do what Steve Spurrier does for us now which is almost like an ambassador of the program like make sure things are going smoothly and uh, I can see them doing that I don't know if he'll get fired unless he like goes one in eleven three years in a row or something crazy because you know it's it's college football it's like. Coaches are getting fired for crazy shit now because every school wants to be in the playoff. But I just don't know if he'll get fired specifically. So, yeah. Are you ready for a useless stat? Okay. In the past 20 years, or I guess 19 that he's been at TCU, he has dropped below six wins twice. Once in 2013, once in 20, uh, in uh, 2004. Each time he, fo- he, he followed that up with a double digit win season. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm looking at that wow. now. Yeah. How dare you call that useless? That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that stat I re- tremendously. I remember <laughs> that. Uh uh what 2012 was it? Was it twelve or thirteen that they went four and eight? Twenty thirteen. Okay. Thirteen. Yeah. If and if you want to expand this one more to go six and six, so just add a neutral uh neutral record or lower, you expand that one more because in two thousand sixteen they went six and seven. Follow that up in 2017 with 11 and three, and no, you actually span that two more. 2001, he went six and six. 2002, he went ten and two. Gary Patterson is a bounce back king. 
Yeah, that's incredible. I know uh, whatever season Topher was just talking about, I was at the the follow-up season. uh, Was it the Peach Bowl? Ole Miss played TCU and got absolutely ass-rattled. I mean, it was was awful. Like, just embarrassing. Um, So that was a lot of fun. A lot of people thought, I think it was Bo Wallace was the quarterback. Oh yeah, Doctor Bo. People were saying that uh, that good old Bo might have might have had some money going on the other team, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and I wouldn't have put it past him knowing some stuff about him. But that's that's what I think of when I think TCU bounced uh, back. Um, I have another name written down here. Let's see what you all think about it. Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Who has gone nine and four and eight and five. How many how many losses could he sustain before they start saying we need to fire this guy out there in Texas? I don't know if they'll fire him, but I think if he doesn't win ten games this year, he's going to be on a very hot seat going into twenty twenty one. Talking the yeah, talking the fan base for twenty twenty one. That's what this whole yeah. part of the conversation yeah. is. Yeah, like could he With, could he lose five and no? I don't think he'll get fired, but he'll definitely no. be on a uh, yeah. like a win or you're out kind of season. Yeah. Well, can we'll I just say, say that, yeah, can I on. just say fuck Jimbo Fisher first of all, uh, absolutely, and, fu- and follow fair. that up with I think he might have a little bit of forgiveness for the 2019 season because behind South Carolina they had one of the hardest seasons. Sure, yeah, they did have a rough, yeah. a really rough schedule. And this yeah. actually that that brings up my next point. Their non-conference, their toughest appointment opponent this year is Colorado, and I oh, think boy. it's just G5 Wait, teams after that. Okay, just, so it's Colorado and G5 teams. Yeah. And their East opponents are South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Yeah, if he doesn't win ten games this year, then I think I think ten has to happen for that. Yeah. Not. With that schedule, <laughs> yeah. with that schedule, ten has to happen. Absolutely. Like they got, he's got to find a way to beat Auburn, Alabama, or LSU. One of them, and he, they can catch two of those three pretty pretty easy in my mind. And with as much money as they have invested in his contract, because it's like fully guaranteed. But they can't fire him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like right now they can't. Not with the with the oil market in the toilet. I mean, like <laughs> where the, the, too, these yeah. people they, they they don't have any money right now. <laughs> yeah, how are they gonna pay him his contract? It's gonna be rough times out there in the college station. Yeah, yeah, sad. Poor guys. If Jimbo well. wins less than ten games, he's gonna have to start making. Sh- he's he's gonna have to start hiring a bodyguard. Yeah, That's true. Does he have to get paid out if he gets killed? <laughs> Give me a second. Hypo- hypothetically, I mean, yeah, we're, we're all, this is all just hypothetical. Jimbo Fisher contract. This is ex-wife still they, the uh, beneficiary. I don't know if they have this. death clauses in there. I think it's Taylor Jacobs by proxy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know we all hate on Jimbo Fisher, and I hate on him too. But I am so glad that he decided to piece out of Florida State and give us the fucking shit show that we have with them now. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. You cannot so. top Taggart. So. That, is, that okay. is one of the that is the only good thing I think he's done. Can I just end by second. saying thank you, Jimbo Fisher? Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful bookend to that segment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I have one more that y'all are probably well, I don't know how you're gonna react to this. What about there's a, a guy, Dan Mullen. Ooh. How many how many losses could he handle this season and stay off the hot seat for twenty twenty one? He'd have to go like four and eight to be on a hot seat. I was gonna say yeah. nine, three, three and nine. Yeah, he'd have to have like one of those Will Muschamp, like, hey, we had a great season and now we suck years. Um, like after the Fiesta Bowl that we got trounced at Louisville, 
and then he went four and eight the year after that. Um, yeah. He'd have to have that to be on any type of hot seat. And even then, I think Strick would be like, well, this is kind of a weird season because of coronavirus yeah. and all that shit. So we're going to kind of let it slide and see what happens. That's exactly what I was thinking with the coronavirus and stuff, especially when you're considered a developmental team. Mm, he has he has like not that he's going to, but if if there were ever a season for him to have a little bit more lenience, it would be this one. And uh, you both uh, both Zeus and Hammer just just hit on the the fun keyword that I've been waiting for. I'm going to treat this like I do with Tofuri and the word indeed. Anybody only gets to say coronavirus twice in a single episode. Ah, crap. Yeah, so you use, you, you've already used up one. And actually, both of you used it once, so I think I think we're out, completely out of it. So can't mention it That's again. Bullshit. Topher, you, I don't st- get, you still I, have a couple I of get my allocated my allocated coronavirus. You really oh, got to talk to Zeus about this. There's one. There's <laughs> one. Bitch. Listen, oh, listen, bitch. listen, the COVID-19, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going around. It's like, we can't just not, we can't ignore it. Actually, in my notes here, I have coronavirus, COVID, or any variation of the word twice in a single episode. It would be one minute. So. <laughs> the, 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 disease, the disease that is in the world. That, that this current situation. <laughs> <laughs> this situation. The, 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 the way things are right now. The China virus. Just, just uh, the you know what? Yeah. Surprisingly enough, not on the list. I didn't write that one down. <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, back to the conversation. I, I mean, y- y'all are giving Mullen a lot of credit here. I mean, he's okay. So you have, aside from the current situation going on, may- maybe or maybe not related to Asian countries, um, we have we have a a very experienced team coming back and at national title aspirations. So you're telling me that the guy could go six and six with our relatively easy schedule this year. And not be on a potential hot seat for the following year. No, I think that, he'd be on. A, I think he'd be on a hot seat. I just don't think he'd be on like a flaming hot seat. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, the years of incompetence followed by how starkly not incompetent he is, or how starkly competent would be the better way of saying that. The way that makes sense. Um, <laughs> you know, it it has it's moved the emotional goalposts. Uh, for our fan base i feel like um and like the downside of that has been that like there's a lot of people who seem content to continue winning 10 or 11 games and think that it's unreasonable for us to challenge for championships and that's an entirely different discussion um but like the you know the flip side of that that is good for mullen is you know i think that there's two or three good years of years of goodwill built up here um, just based on what he's done already. There is something nice about feeling like we're not going to go out and embarrass ourselves, embarrass ourselves on a weekly basis. I mean, there were right. there were some weeks I just I did not want to watch us play because I knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. And and then I, I surely wouldn't watch interviews afterwards because that would be worse somehow. And they weren't. But yeah, it would have to be like six and six with one of those losses being to an FCS team. I think that would be maybe the variable, yeah. and like Taggart, and like Taggart level of like on the field incompetence, like, like, yeah. like it have to be like Freaky Friday, and somehow Dan Mullen and Willie Taggart switch bodies. Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so so if I if I can pitch a similar question about Dan Mullen, 
Um, we, we were just talking about what our expectation would be for him to be on the hot seat going into 2021. What is just your expectation? For this season? For this season, considering the things that are going on. Tove, can you use your other one to say it? You got two and you've only used one. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the coronavirus situation. Yeah, yeah thank you, that one. Um, considering that, does that move the needle for you at all? What were your expectations before and after that? My expectations were winning the SEC this year, and that hasn't changed. Yeah. At least, I, I, at least showing that we can. I mean, that, that would be the bare like, minimum for me. Like, feeling we, like we could actually do it without having a bunch of miracles happen. Like, if we make it to the championship game, we make it in the championship game, and if we lost to who I'm assuming is probably going to be Alabama, because I don't think LSU is going to be as good as they were last year, and we lost to Alabama, I would be disappointed but I would feel good about the trajectory of where our program was, was going. Yes. Because at this point, Dan Mullen, I don't want to say he's going to be like a Jim Harbaugh for us, but I don't want him to be. But if all he can do is win 10, 11 games, but lose to Georgia and be second place in the East, that's no different than Harbaugh having difficulties with Ohio State. You um, put that email I, out there, Ricky Bobby. I will, I will <laughs> actually say this has changed – my expectations right now, like assuming this season happens, um, this has actually changed my expectations from being um, maybe we win the SEC East with like the 50-50 toss-up of the Georgia game to now I feel more confident right now that Georgia is going to be negatively impacted by this situation. Um and it's pushed me more to like 60% feeling that we're going to win the SEC East and possibly the SEC as well. Yeah. And I will say that, yeah, Georgia is the obstacle. But a lot of people are forgetting that. And I've heard, I've seen a lot of reports. I've heard a lot of information about it. Alabama lost their strength and conditioning coach, Scott Cochran, right before all this shit went down. And yeah, they did hire a new guy. From what I've heard, none of these players are responding to that guy. Like they oh, do not, mm. they don't like him, and that's not good when you're not even getting strength and conditioning during this time frame. So we could be seeing a whole completely different Alabama squad next year as well. Like they could just be completely flat, um, depending Poor on how fan base. How will they ever survive? So it's going to be an interesting season. I think the the teams that have, I just don't think it's going to happen because it's Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban's too much of a control freak to let that happen. But I feel fortunate that's why we have Dan Mullen and we have Nick Savage. And I know I, I read an article that a couple of our players aren't really working out or doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they're basically lying to the team. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I know who a few of those people are. Um, one of them might be, you know, Slayton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> uh, so most likely Slayton there. Um, and uh, Don't tell me Whittemore, please. Anything but that. No, I actually, um, what's his face? Um, he was our um, Delance, I heard, uh, was not really that great in the working out anyway when he did have supervision. So I highly doubt he's doing it now, um, yeah. which, will, which will open up a door for you know, some of our, our top recruits like Walker and um, Braun to come in and potentially supplant him if he's not I'll doing what he's supposed to be doing. Braun's going to be working. That's for damn sure. Yeah. That guy yeah. will be working his ass off. Mm. Um, but I think that the fact that our strength conditioning coach and our 
organization is so good right now that, yeah, I think every team's going to be affected by it. Like, you're going to see a little bit. I think you're going to see more injuries this year than we've seen in a long time, um, unfortunately. It's just, you know, like, you're not going to have proper year-long strength and conditioning the way you're supposed to have it. But I, I think this, like, will be the, this will be an interesting test of that theory because yeah. I've heard both sides of that, that, you know, maybe that affects injuries a lot and maybe it doesn't affect it as much. But, yeah. You know, this is this is going to be interesting to see if there's a rash of major injuries across the sport that would pretty conclusively, uh, you know, prove that theory to be true. Right, and then Nick Savage is going to get a lot more money. Um, oh yeah, he deserves <laughs> it. Absolutely. But uh, I don't know. I feel like my expectations are winning the SEC. They were the expectations before the uh, China virus happened. Because uh, I can't say the other word anymore, so glad you did this to us. This is <laughs> your fault. <laughs> and uh, um, they haven't changed. Uh, and uh, you know, I actually predict Florida going to the playoffs this year um, as the uh, number three team. That's my Ooh. prediction. Ooh, so bold. And uh, I mean, our schedule lines up perfectly. It's a cakewalk out of conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm including FSU in that list, <laughs> and. Uh, it's a easy SEC schedule for the most part. I still have a couple of tough teams to go against. Like I think Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin is going to be a little bit more difficult than people are expecting it to be. And I also do think that um, Georgia is going to be the premier test to, to get past again, unfortunately. And But I, I just – that was my expectations is that this was the year with the people we're bringing back, the fact that we literally did not lose anyone of significance coaching-wise – and like, yeah, we're replacing wide receivers, but we have a lot of talent coming back. I'm not, I think this is going to be the year that we should do it. And if we don't, then I will be very disappointed. And that's what I'll have to, um, I will have to obviously take into account the, um, the virus, but I won't necessarily hold it 100% against Dan Mullen just because of that situation. All right. My earbuds permanently smell like Lysol wipes. <laughs> <laughs> I just took one out, and I mean, it's like it's like from a foot away, I can smell Lysol coming off of this thing. You know, oh, by Lord. the end of by the end of all this, your body might smell like Lysol. Yeah, well, all of us. You know might. what? God willing, that's the goal. Wait, Wait you, you guys are using Lysol? I'm just kidding. You aren't. <laughs> I just coat myself in it. That's my nightly routine. I can't leave my I, I can't leave my house, and it is I'm getting like severe cabin fever here. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm like losing my mind. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's tough. The, I'll the trade with out. you. I'll stay <laughs> home and <laughs> you can. You have to out. get, you have to give me one of your kidneys. Okay. Sure. Sound like you said one of your kids and I mean, either one, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any of those. That you but know. Of. Kid, what about your kid? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> Um, I had I had another name I wrote down, uh, or just some thoughts. Uh, how many lot or how many losing seasons in a row would it take for Ed Orgeron to be on the hot seat? Two. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that quickly becoming like a uh, um, shit. What was his name? Uh, Auburn. Gene Chizik. Uh, Gene Chizik. Yeah, I could see that becoming a Gene Chizik situation. Two two bad years and shown the door. Yeah, because I think 
I don't think anyone's really kidding themselves that Ed Orgeron had a elite squad of players, probably one of the best quarterbacks I've seen in quite some time, but also the, uh, the, the coordinator combo was just ridiculous. Like no one can stop him. And yeah, that's going, we're going to see because they lost everybody. <laughs> so they, they pretty much lost everyone of importance on the coaching staff. They lost their defensive coordinator. They lost their offensive coordinator and, and don't, and people who tell me into that Ensign Miger or whatever his name is. No, he's not. Okay. He's not the offense coordinator. That guy probably helps create the plays. It was Joe Brady calling that offense 100%. And so we'll see um, if, if Ed Orgeron wins the West with a completely new team, then I honestly, I don't know Then I think he might actually have learned his lesson, but uh, we'll see. I have another yeah. coach, uh, Dino Babers over in Syracuse. Syracuse was one of three teams blown out. My glasses <laughs> by last year. So yeah. yeah. That alone so, should be enough. <laughs> you lost to who now? That, that was the, that was the team. That was the game. But I was, I watched that game cause I was just flipping through the channels. That was all was that like, was on. I think that was yeah, like the exciting and, game. And his quarterback was like, like, like running the, he's like running past everyone who's throwing everyone. I was like, what is happening right now? They're up by like running 28. Back was dominating. They're running up. They're up by 28 to zero in the first quarter against a, a Syracuse team that I thought was going to be good. Obviously they weren't, but I thought it was going to be good. I, I think like, they were ranked in the low twenties at the time. And I was like, holy, I was like, I was like, holy shit. And it was in Syracuse. I was like, holy shit. Like this is crazy. And then yeah, Mike Loxley still sucks. Wah, wah. Um, I <clears throat> circling back briefly to Ed Orgeron, uh, for some reason, something you said, uh, when talking about that hammer reminded me of the poem Ozymandias, um, which is like, if you're not familiar with the poem, Ozymandias, Wait, please read it as Ed Orgeron. I know that's what I was trying to <laughs> was like, you know, <laughs> my name is Ozymandias. <laughs> Look on my watch. Yeah. Like that's, that's Cajun food. Yeah, exactly. I'm a traveler from an antique life. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, got he's, it. He's Cajun Ozymandias. Like, and I want that. That's the end point of all of this. Like if he gets fired two or three years down the road, I want to find a way to get him to narrate it like the way that um, Brian Cranston, the way that he narrated it in a promo for the final season of Breaking Bad, which I will link that in the comments so you know what I'm talking about. Mm. No, I remember it. You can, can do that while you're while you're redoing the intro because we didn't actually have one. We just figured that you'd figure something out. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah, we, we literally started this and there was like a five second pause and I almost said hello again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. I was really wanting it. Um, sorry, I like I completely derailed. I think we were talking That's about okay. um, fine. Dino Babers. <laughs> it's, uh, um, we, were talking, we were talking about some loser coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. always yeah. on the table. Totally okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dino Babers, uh, I mean, kind of a similar type of situation to Jeff Brom, I think. Although, um, I don't know, like, I don't know if he has as much goodwill built up there. Um, it's disappointing, because if I recall correctly, last year when we were doing this pod, we talked about potential coaches, before the season started, potential coaches that we thought could be, you know, candidates for better positions and he was number one on my list so i'm very disappointed you know babers 
Joke's on us. Yeah. Joke's on him. Joke's on someone. The only other names I have written down on my entire thing, I have three of them, uh, but these are just new coaches that I've heard some people have in the hot. Actually, one of them I'm I'm going to include is Jeff Collins, but we all know the deal there with revamping everything. No way. Um, the, the The other two names, one in particular I've seen a lot, Manny Diaz. Hmm. Insert yeah. curb your enthusiasm gif here. <laughs> yeah, we really had. Everyone's like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to say here. Yes. Well, yeah. So he, I, man, <laughs> he looked really bad last year. And man, they he lost games that nobody should be losing. They had like the easiest schedule in the country and they got blanked by Buffalo or some shit. It was some other school. It doesn't matter. Might as well have been Buffalo. And yeah. uh, I, yeah. I, I think if, if I, I do not think he'll be Miami's head coach if he has another season like this season. Like I, I don't think um, no, I don't think, I don't think he's on the I don't think he's on the hot seat, and I don't think he deserves to be on the hot seat, personally. Yeah, Schrodinger's hot seat. But let's be real here: who is the most delusional fan base in college football? Tennessee. I'm Tennessee. Probably, I, I would say Miami, to be honest. With you. I I disagree yeah. with that. Like, they would need yeah. to have a fan base. You ever, you ever been to Kane? <laughs> yeah. you, ever, you ever been? You ever been to Kane Insight? The boards? Oh yeah. 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 If you if you ever if you ever just like if you're a masochist and you just want to read shit, go to Kane Insight. No, they're delusional. Um, yeah, but and, it's it's predicated and, and, and on. A, but it's on, all it's know. all thirty of their fans are on that board, and so <laughs> right. like, um, I don't know. Like I just. But it's it's predicated on like I mean they've they've won however many national championships, five national championships, and all of them since 1980 ish. Um, yeah. Is it five, four, four? I think. I think it's four. Well, it's more, they, I think it's I think it's one more than us. They have. A I think lot, it's more than four. Yeah. They have a lot of relatively recent they have, success. They have five, even, even the te- the past fifteen years, notwithstanding. Um, and I mean, they're in South Florida. Like they have all of the talent at their disposal, and they're in the ACC, and they just like consistently keep stomping on their own dicks. <laughs> well, they're like Nebraska, but actually in a recruiting area. Like, right? Yeah, Nebraska yeah. with with a base. Yes, like, well said. Like, should they have expectations? Yeah, I feel like Miami should be a top ACC school every year, based off everything you just described. But also, it's like I don't, I don't think like Manny Diaz kind of inherited a really shitty team. Like, it wasn't that good. And I think what well, they got, they got uh, to Eric King, didn't they? The yep. quarterback, yeah. So if they don't have a good season, because that guy is a legitimate good, he's a great, he's a great athlete, and he should do well. If they don't have a good season and they have a, they have a equal or worse season than they had last year, I, I, I can see Miami being crazy enough to say, nah, he's not the guy. Yeah, I, I can so see him being crazy what's, enough. What's the number? Six wins. Well, let's look, let's look at their schedule next year because I'm looking at it and it looks it's got to be it, easy as hell. It's easier than it was easier than 2019. Temple, wow. Wagner, UAB, Michigan State, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Virginia, the school out west, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Duke. Oh, what a garbage schedule! If if he doesn't wow. win eight games, that's embarrassing. Yeah, uh, seven games would be like I don't. I mean, obviously six would be on the hot seat. I think seven would still kind of. If he wins six or seven games, he'll be on the hot seat, but he'll live to, to fight another season. If he if he wins like four or five games, 
because they have the level of incompetence that they showed, like, I don't see him surviving. Like, I don't see him making it, like, to 2021, to be honest with you. Um, that's just, I mean, it sounds crazy, but, you know, I just, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think Miami is just at the point now where they've kind of, they're at, like, like the seven stages of grief, and they're at, like, anger, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and <laughs> they're... <laughs> They're not at Tennessee yet, where Tennessee is at acceptance. They're just, you know, like, they're, they're at anger, and they just want to win. They're tired of Clemson winning. They're, tired, they're, they're definitely tired of us winning now. I go to Canaan's side because it make, gives me a good laugh every now and then, and they are losing their minds with how Dan Mullen is winning at Florida, like completely losing their minds. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't think he should, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone if he doesn't have a good season. Yeah, I I only count three personally guaranteed losses in well maybe like two and a half. Virginia and North Carolina should be easy. Uh-uh, they should North easily beat. Yeah, and Virginia just went to a New Year's Six bowl against us, beat them. Yeah. But you know, yeah, um, Virginia Tech maybe depends on how they're feeling that particular week. Georgia Tech's uh, gonna surprise some people next year. I think Jeff Collins is building a solid team over there. I'd like yeah. to. I like Jeff Collins. I'd like them to do that. Wake Forest would be good still. Yeah, probably. They're, they're, they're returning everyone I mean, but their quarterback. Yeah, and they've been pretty consistently overperforming their their lot in life, their role, for a couple of years now. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess if I'm going to include Virginia Tech on that list, i got to include Wake Forest. Yeah, personally, I think Virginia Tech's kind of trash, but I mean... Yeah. That's, a co- that's a coach <laughs> who's going to... That's a coach who probably won't survive to 2021 is uh, Fuente. Yeah. Yeah. That, that marriage has gone severely awry. Nobody's happy there. What about Mike Norvell? How's he going to do this year? What's their schedule look like? <laughs> How could he do this year? Like, could he get away with like a four win season? For Boise State. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Maybe. Schedule... Boise State. They're playing Boise State at Boise State. The schedule yeah. ain't the easiest. Well, yeah, for a first year, not by FSU standards, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're going against Mike Brown in West Virginia, and I think West Virginia is going to win that one. We got, um, we got Louisville, who looked like they were on the up. They legitimately might only have one win going into Clemson. Well, and that's Sanford. Yeah, it's reasonable. They almost dropped Sanford the other year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh um, uh, the biggest blue balls of the season. Yeah, yep. man, I, they really had that one. I was brutal. eating at. Um, Perkins in Gainesville during that game. Um, one table over from a very smug-looking Kentucky fan. Um, sadly eating an omelet, feeling really bad about having just watched us lose to Kentucky for the first time in however long it was. This is two years ago. Yeah, and following, following along on my phone as Florida State was almost going to lose to Samford and feeling instantly better about things yeah that was man and i think samford had like five or six turnovers too it was i mean it they should have just blown them out and florida state got lucky to even be in it man yeah that was the balls but anyways um norvell could he i mean could he win three games and still be totally fine i mean he's not gonna get fired in one year but does he have just Complete benefit of the doubt. Can't fire a coach two years in a row. Or what would a Manny se- two years twice in a row? What would a Manny Diaz season look like? Huh? 
what would a Manny Diaz season look like? About as bad as it can possibly go without actually just like lose, like without literally getting fired. Talk about Manny Diaz or Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell. What would a Manny Diaz season look like for Mike Norvell? Uh, okay. Oh, how bad could it oh, be? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now it makes sense to me now. Um, like, well, obviously losing to all your rivals, losing yeah. to w- winning against just Sanford. Yeah, I don't know because, like, even with Manny Diaz, Miami was somewhat competent before that. Like, they weren't having complete losing seasons, at least from my memory. They might have been. I don't think they were though. Like, like I'm actually they've lost. They've had two losing seasons in a row. Like, mm, that's like, say, that, say that again. Say that again. Have two losing seasons in a row. Is that right? Two, mm. two. It's been eight hundred some eight hundred something days since they've had a winning season, something like that. Yeah, you'd think that a team like Florida State would be able to get away with not doing that. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at their schedule right now. West Virginia lost. Sanford win. Boise State. Eh, let's have Boise State and Boise State beat them last year. Loss. NC State loss. Clemson loss. Wake Forest loss. Louisville loss. Pittsburgh win. Miami is going to be a toss up for me there. Um, Boston College win, Syracuse loss, Florida loss. So that's like three wins there that I see for Florida State. If Mike That'd Norvell, very happy. If, if Mike Norvell wins like six plus and goes bowling, I'll be actually really impressed. What six games? You see, I, I don't know. I think I think you're adjusting expectations like Florida State fans have been doing. Like yeah. six games should be bare minimum. That's not that's not impressive to me at all. That's such a trash schedule. Like you, you said, NC State's a loss. I mean, that's not a good team. They just they got rid of all their good players too. Like I don't. But did they have that quarterback this year or the past year? Whoever I'm trying to remember. Um, Who? Yeah, the I don't know. They had some NFL quarterback. Was it? I guess it was the year before. The year before this past year. Either way, NC State's not a good team. The only good teams in the ACC are Clemson, and then you have like a couple of decent ones in Virginia, maybe North Carolina. We still don't actually know, but maybe North Carolina. That's it. Who else is good? Maybe Georgia Tech this year. Maybe. And like, yeah, but even even with them, like they could be improved, but I, I still don't think they'll be good. But either way, I mean, you might have one or two more, but that's four maybe decent teams. It's just six wins with that schedule would be embarrassing in my mind. Like, if I were a Florida State fan and I had six wins, I would be absolutely furious and be like, well, we don't have the guy again. Now, if you could do, like, seven or eight wins, then I'd feel pretty good about it. I mean, I wasn't I, – I really don't think they're going to be that good. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Like, I really don't. I, Willie Taggart has left a completely shit team to inherit, uh, so I will give Norvell that. Willie Taggart inherited a good team, unlike the Florida State fans and their delusion – trying to blame Jimbo all the time. Um, he inherited a good team and just, he literally took a Mercedes and drove it off a cliff. Um, and then my, Norvell gambled that Mercedes away afterwards and is in debt to the mob for it. Is that, yeah, is that right? Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's basically, <laughs> basically, basically it. Yeah. Um, Norvell's got a Mercedes, but you know it's an all-white Mercedes with a tan hood because they couldn't find a white hood to replace it with and can't afford the paint job. Um, that's what he got from Mike, from uh, Willie Tiger. And this, and this is getting dangerously close to some stuff I don't want to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tim, what I, are you I, doing? What am I doing? What are we talking about? Just China virus. Yeah, ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been alone in my house for like four weeks, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, 
Well, on that note, um, I've got to I got to go, guys. Um, okay. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I'll, I'll catch you on the flippity floppity. Sounds good. Zippity zoppity. Zip it up and zip it out. <laughs> Bippity boppity. All right. So is that is that the wrap up? I guess so. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it. Do Until it next time. time. Wait, did we want to do Culture Corner or not? Yeah, let's do Culture Corner. Yeah, we got to do this on here, Zeus. Yeah. What do you got? Oh, dope. I get to go first on the spot. Okay, so let's see. Um, What I've been doing recently with my time in quarantine is going back through some of the oldies. Uh, I'm rewatching all of Scrubs. That's my main TV show thing right now. Uh, Oh, I want to, I don't know if this is going to be the second week in the row or the third week week in a row, but Hammer has mentioned Invisible Man a couple times, I think, and I wanted to just sign off on that one. Incredible movie. Yep. Um, In terms of books, uh, I'm making a point of going through and reading all of the books I was supposed to read in high school, um, but never did because fuck being assigned reading. Um, So right now I'm like... Phonics books? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so right now I'm reading The Alchemist. It's a, it's a really easy read. Uh, the only thing slowing me down is the amount of time that I have to read. But, um, you know, they pick, they, pick the, they pick those books to read for a reason. And I think, that's, I think they're a lot of fun. They're, they're, they're really easy when you're uh, doing it for fun. But uh, let's see. Oh, let me pick a Pixar movie to trash on. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs one Pixar movie to hate. What what you choose will determine whether or not we cut every single moment of your voice. Because <laughs> yeah, there are a few Pixar movies that I genuinely do appreciate. I gotta go with... You see, the question is, do I pick an easy one that everybody's gonna hate on, or do I pick one that's as controversial as what y'all have said in the past two weeks? I think you gotta go controversial, right? Okay, go on controversial? Oh, God. If you okay. have it, I mean... Hold on, hold on. I gotta sit down for this one. Um... Okay. If you say Toy Story right now, uh, let me scroll past that. Never mind. Choice two is never a bad option. Um, can I get a fuck Ratatouille? <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my my oh. choice is going to be good. Oh, he's back. <laughs> uh, for those who didn't realize, Hammer dipped out of here for a little bit. I think he might have passed out. Hammer, are you okay? I'm good. Am I going to have to bake you a childhood snack to make you have a flashback? No, I'm okay. Ratatouille is like my second favorite Pixar film. Yeah, if I'm being if I'm being real, I actually have never watched The Good Dinosaur, and I don't think anybody has. So let's go with Fuck the Good Dinosaur in reality. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? what what's everyone? We, we never. We never, I don't think we ever talked about this. What's everyone's favorite Pixar movie? Oh what's no. Okay. Who wants to? Who wants to talk? Favorite? Oh, okay. I'm not nearly as excited. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Cars three. <laughs> first two are trash this. but they really made it they come back in three. Oh my god tears i, I can't do this <laughs> all right well okay so in all in all reality here in, in the real world jim mcloin was my we're, favorite we're, florida coach <laughs> this is hard I, I can't i can't even come back to that that's 1980 was a good year for football. It was. It was a what? good year because because that was the the last time that. Well, okay. 
it was the lead off to all the greatness that has happened since then. That's the optimism sometimes, I like to hear. Yeah, this is the last time. This is the last time Zeus is going to be a guest on this pod. <laughs> yeah, we're we're caught <laughs> everyone. <laughs> you you have you have you have banned all guests going forward. You've ruined it for everyone, uh, Zeus. I'm just kidding. Uh, I really I really liked Monsters Inc. I would not put it as my number one, but I always I have it higher. I think than most people do. That one's that one's a very good movie to me. I actually, I mean, I love Ratatouille. I'm, I, that's that's painful to hear. Toy Story is easy. That's that's too easy to pick. Um, I'd say Monsters Inc. is the kind of the my dark horse, I guess, for favorite. Yeah, let's my pick dark horse. horses. That's a that's a fun take to have. Not just best or worst. What's the favorite dark horse? That's dark horse. Yeah. Um, for my dark horse would be Inside Out. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good dark horse. I'd have I that fit. closer to, to Dark Horse for the loser movie. Is that out? I mean, oh, I liked it, but I, I thought it was a little overrated. I just um, this is the controversy I like to stir. It hit yeah. it hit a lot of things for me that um, in my personal life that I really appreciated it. Mm. So, um, I mean, yeah, it, it felt real, but I just I didn't think it was that great of a movie. I don't. Oh, know. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not my favorite. It's not in my top three. It's just you ask for a Dark Horse. Right? Yeah, so it's like Inside it. Out. Yeah. yeah, I think my all time favorite is Wally. I'm gonna pick Dark Horse, Finding Nemo. Wally's great. I love Wally. We all love Wally. Toph is Toph is one of the characters in Wally. I think he's been on record of saying that. But in terms of Dark Horse, nobody mentions Finding Nemo as their favorite. I feel it's because it's it's good. I just don't know if like like Pixar made so many good movies over the span of like a like a like a five six movie stretch except for Incredibles that I just like Fuck really you. think <laughs> I just really think are like. Listen, if that vo- if that chick's voice didn't sound the way it was, I probably would appreciate Incredibles. But it just makes me want to like blow my brains out every time I hear the mom speak. I can't watch Batman vs Superman or any of that shit because she's the like the senator in those movies. I can't do it. Holly Hunter. I can't watch those movies because they suck. Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's, that, that, that's true. That's true. But um, I just I can't. Her voice just it it just it gives me nightmares. So anyway, um, that's my Pixar talk. That's, uh, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. Man. Is that, is that all your culture corners, Zeus? You got any more? Uh, I'm not a man of culture, so I'm, I think I'm going to stick with that for now. Scrubs, The Alchemist, uh, and every old book you never read but were supposed to. Oh. I didn't get I, to hop in on this, but, uh, but Scrubs, one of my all-time favorites. And I've only watched it all the way through once. So that's a good idea. I may put that on the list. I've been starting some new shows out, so we'll see how they go. But Fun Scrubs tidbit. Definitely if, up there. If you're doing a Scrubs rewatch, it's easily accessible on some streaming services. But if you want the like most real experience, I think you got to stream through Amazon because they are the only people who have the licensing to the original music. Really? Huh. So to get the actual okay. Yeah. Good so they enough. they swap in, in later streaming services. They have to swap out for some different music takes, and like, obviously it's Scrubs, so they're doing a great job of what the replacements are. But you know that OG experience, you got to go through Amazon. Right. Okay. Well. And I will do that. It's a good, good tip. Well, speaking of Amazon, I started Hunters. I don't know if anybody's watched that yet. Is that is that the um like the like the Nazi hunter people? Yeah, yeah. Oh and, shit! Um, I thought I saw a trailer, but forgot about that. With Al Pacino. So I've only made it through one episode so far. I just started it the other night and um, loved it. Well, I, I will say this: I started it, made it halfway through, and my wife made me turn it off because she hated it so much. Oof. And I've heard other people say the same, but I enjoyed it. So I turned it back on later on 
finished it out. Really enjoyed it. I will be watching moving forward. So that's that is my upcoming show, and I will uh, I will report back and tell you my thoughts after I make it through more than just one episode. All right. The other one I made it through was uh, Ozark. I watched. I won't ruin anything because I'm sure some people are still in the process of trying to watch it. But I I very much if you like the first two seasons, which I did, I think you'll like the third. So very much enjoyed that. Hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't know if you were, if you had more. So that's why I was waiting. Well, I mean, I, I I'm only so cultured here. I've been okay. I've been working on. Um, I haven't been going to the level of you hammer and making fancy meals, but I have been actually cooking. Um, so that's been a thing. Now, I'm making okay, I'm I, making I, tacos I actually, tonight. This is this is a good this is a good thing I, I do want to bring up. It's somewhat culture related. So we have Kroger out here in Mississippi. There is no Publix, which is the the saddest thing in the world. Now Kroger has something called ClickList. Which public, I'm sure Publix does something similar where you just you can order online and you go pick it up and, and put it in your car. Well, we've been trying to get food, like just different items to actually make some just new recipes that we've been wanting to try out. And obviously you need some specific things for that. Our grocery bill has been like 200, 250 bucks whenever we try to order it. Well, they cut out, they, whatever they can't find, they take off the bill. So the past three times I've been to pick up these click list, this click list of groceries, They've charged me like fifty to seventy dollars because they take Oof. off everything, and I'm just like, "What the fuck's the point?" I just I, like I'm, I'm at the point where I actually might have to go risk life and death and just throw myself into that Kroger. Um, I can't say why I'd be risking life and death, but you you can surmise why. Jackson, Mississippi, the crime rate's very high. So <laughs> <laughs> I started no, I laughing I just... at that, and you hit me with that part like halfway through my laugh. Now I feel like shit. <laughs> and no, it's, Zlat, it's actually it's the Kroger. Was, look, it's the Kroger in Madison. It's like the the richest, whitest area. You can and Zlat was saying I was going bad with the Mercedes joke, and he just went there. So I don't know. the crime rate is high in Jackson. That's a fact, right there. <laughs> I mean, there's, but but it's it's Madison, so it's a very nice area. And um, but in, in anyways, it's it's been really pissing me off because I'm positive these people aren't actually looking for anything. I think, I mean, does anybody work at a grocery store? Have they like? Do you think yes, they actually try and? I know you do. So tell me about it. I actually don't. I have no idea. Um, I don't think they're actually trying to look for groceries at all. I think they just like see it and they're like, "Yeah, I can't find that shit. I'm just going to mark it as not here and then move on with my life." They probably won't even leave the counter. Yeah. So, anyways, I've been trying to make new stuff and I've been thwarted many a times, and it's been driving me up the wall. So that's I'll, make, my I'll, I'll make sure I send you guys pictures tonight. I'm making cactus tacos. Ooh. So, be um, like peyote or yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, so I wish Tofree was here, but I watched Band of Brothers. Uh, there oh, there you go. Oh my god, you made it through it. I made I watched the whole series. Um, All right, what'd you think? I said I would, and it was pretty awesome. So, I would say it's probably the best miniseries I've ever seen. And, uh, and and it it's just it was really good. It was really good. I heard the Pacific isn't as good, but it's still pretty good. So I'm gonna probably watch that. Um, heard correctly. I watched the entirety of American Gods because it was like 16 episodes, and I was bored. Um, the Star Wars TV show, the Neil Gaiman book. I read the book. I never really, I never watched the show. It was weird. It was cool, but it was a little weird. Um, great cast. You know, you have um, you know. 
Ian McShay and that kind of stuff all in there. It was a great cast. Um, so I would definitely recommend watching it if you like fantastical, but not show. That's the best way I can describe it. Like there's gods like Odin and that stuff, but they're they don't have they don't only really have powers. Like then like like it's based off of like how many people believe them. So obviously Odin isn't powerful anymore because no one believes in Odin anymore. The new god, the new gods are gods of like technology and globalization and that kind of stuff. It's pretty interesting. Um, it's a very unique show. Um, I think the third and final season's coming out soon, so I'm kind of excited about that. I will put Scrubs on my list of shows I've never watched before, and I will watch before we do the next podcast. Um, yeah, well, you're not going to be able to get through all of it, but yeah, I never uh, watched it before. So um, stop after the eighth season. There was no ninth ninth season. That's what I tell everyone. Yeah. I, said, I tell everyone to stop watching Supernatural after the fifth season. <laughs> um, so I'll watch that. And uh, I finished Dune, the first book of Dune. Super excited for the movie to come out. That's why I was reading that. Um, and then for people who don't know, like I have been working part-time um, from home. because I did take a leave of absence initially. Um, and so I've been doing that. Really excited to do the virtual draft. For the league, like I'm, I'm, I'm assisting beforehand, not during. So I'm, I'm a beforehand guy, making sure things all set up properly for them. And uh, um, so I'm really excited about that. And in my spare time, I played the entirety of the Mass Effect trilogy <laughs> since the last podcast. Um, and that was definitely as memorable as I remembered it to be. And I definitely appreciated it. Um, still pisses me off. The ending of that game is, is terrible. Um, and so I modded it with a happy ending mod. <laughs> and so, um, and, and now it was a great experience. And so it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, but I'll definitely put Scrub on my list. And I finally saw 1917. I really enjoyed that. Um, I wish I saw that in theaters. Um, yeah. it was a great movie. And then, uh, um, but yeah, that's it for me in terms of what I've done since the last pod. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm still writing my book. I'm actually, probably about halfway done writing my book. I get up every single morning. Uh, I read that you're most, you're most creative as soon as you wake up because your mind is still fresh from like dreams and all that stuff. Interesting. Um, and so for an hour, every time I wake up, I write. Um, if I think of ideas, I put in my notepad and then I'll sleep on it and then go back the next day and like, oh, that makes sense or that doesn't make sense. It's a good thing I didn't put it like, you know, like start typing into it. So Interesting. No, I, think, I think Jim McElwain did that. I think he would wake up when he was fresh and creative. He'd, he'd draw a star chart, uh, play alignments and, and the formations and things. Isn't that what he said? I'm, I'm hey, like that. that's Zeus's favorite coach, okay? Don't make fun of him. <laughs> Zeus is making oh, fun. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. So, And then uh, for anyone who listens, so we, I will be doing a live commentary and blog of the first round of the NFL draft uh, next Thursday. Super excited to do that. Um, I think it'll be a Discord. lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. You have to join the Discord to hear the live commentary. If you don't, and you want to see the live blog, it'll be on Reddit like it was last year. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited to make fun of, of teams doing stupid shit like they do every year. Um, and you guys will hear me crack jokes about it. And then uh, I'm also doing a mock draft contest. And I know uh, both Zeus and Zlatan have... Uh, Put their mocks in for that. The winner will get two tickets to a game near where they live. I've got free tickets I can give out for the NFL this upcoming season, assuming they let fans go in. If not, then it'll be the following season. So don't stress about that. And you get, whoever wins will get the two tickets. That's um, a second prize for everybody else. 
second prize is a jersey um, from uh, their preferred team. I just have a very limited selection on jersey dockets. So if you want a Tom Brady Buccaneers jersey, most likely not going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I can definitely get some other stuff, which is pretty nice. So those will be legitimate prizes for the winners. Um, and so I'm super excited about doing that. And uh, also our uh, top uh, Fortigator athlete tournament is coming to a close. We're in the final four now. It's Bridges Sloan versus Tim Tebow and then Grant Holloway versus Kelly Barnhill for the final four. Uh, if you haven't been voting or participating in that, um, definitely do. We've got uh, two more rounds to go, and then that's done. We're going to crown that, which will be not, which will be a lot of fun over the next like, week. So that's what I got. All right. Well, I got I got to head out here. I got I got some stuff to to take care of this weekend. So all right, I will see y'all soon and talk to y'all soon on this. Sounds good. anybody got anybody to close, or are we going to just? I sh- I really want to thank Matt Damon for sponsoring this podcast. Fuck Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, I'm out. Go Gators. All right, see you. Go Gators. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away.